Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Well, hello, everyone out there. Today, our guest, Mayor Schneider, brings new possibilities for health daily to everyone he shares a moment with. In fact, we could consider from the first day of his life that new possibilities must have been his middle name, for new possibilities never cease to exist when we are around Mir. Since birth, he's been stepping to his very own drummer, born with cataracts and other serious vision problems. Doctors pronounced his condition hopeless, and he was certified legally blind. He would not accept this. He worked on himself daily, and now he has a California driver's license. Yes. You are listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, today we need to ask ourselves just how ready are we for a brand new possibility to enter our life. With Mayer on the scene, we are ready. And we hope those that are listening are ready, too. Mayor Schneider's life has been imbued with knowing just the right technique for any kind of health issue that is in your life. We are truly fortunate to have him walk with us and influence our lives and bringing us his revolutionary spirit that just stimulates and even permeates us to seek new ways for creating optimum health. Mayer's discoveries led to the Mayer Schneider method of self-healing, and now he travels the world helping thousands of people with serious physical and visual conditions. Well, Mayer has been our favorite guest for many times now because he's such an inspiration. Mayer, welcome, and we are glad to have you on our show again. Hey, nice to be again on the show, Paula and Taz. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, thank you very much. I uh, wanted to tell you about um, some of my interesting latest achievements. Um, <clears throat> there were two of them which uh, really surprised me. One I think I told you about before, but I'm not exactly sure. There was a lady by the name of Simone in, um, in Brazil, and uh, she is a dentist, and she drove at night um, in a two-lane highway, and uh, her car collided against a truck that drove without its lights on. She couldn't stop it in the last minute. Her head was broken. Some good surgeries were done to restore the head, but um, the doctors just decided that 97% of her optic nerve was damaged and therefore she will have 3% vision if she's lucky in her left eye, and that 100% of her optic nerve is damaged in the right eye. 
So I was a few years ago in Brazil teaching my six-day I-class, and she came to part of it, and then she saw me for a few individual sessions, and then uh, with some hesitation she came to San Francisco for five or six double sessions with me. We massaged her, we worked with her, and one of the things that we discovered as we worked with her is that uh, whenever we stimulate the eye that was considered to be completely blind by uh, the ophthalmologist, um, uh, something interesting happened. She didn't even respond to light with the eye, but if I would show her a colored paper in the strong sun, uh, and I would move it away, it could only be done in the sun, so you know we were lucky that in that time there was some sun in the outer sunset here, yeah? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I moved the, the, the page away, she could not see the page, but she could sense when it would move away. So she practiced some karate with me and caught that page anytime she could. And the more she was able to see something, as minuscule as it was, with the right eye, uh, she started to be able to see more with the left eye. And she left San Francisco seeing instead of 3%, 20%. Then I visited Brazil a few months later and was surprised that with pinhole, her vision was 20-30, 90% of normal vision. And she returned to dentistry. She needed big instruments to work with. And <clears throat> lately I was in Brazil for a visit. And, in fact, I called her, not for her, but for me. I, I need to know if I need to do a root canal or not in my tooth and stuff of that nature. And she told me, Mayor, you gave me my life back. Her vision is now 97% of normal vision. Uh, she gives me all the credit in spite of the fact that uh, Fernanda, who is uh, uh, an optometrist and a very good practitioner in my work, sees her once a month. She is starting to see shapes and figures with the right eye where she was supposed to be completely blind. And uh, she said, I'm returned to complete dentistry. I'm a professor in school of pediatric dentistry. She said that she has a reputation that none of her kids have her have cavity. And I felt so satisfied with, with that uh, case. Her daughter, who doubted me, um, was, uh, decided to study ophthalmology so she can practice my work with, uh, with eye patients. And her husband, who is a very known dentist, uh, uh, I don't know, he's a Joe specialist in dentistry. I don't exactly know their particular uh, specialization. It was very, very happy with her progress. So I kind of feel very amazed and happy with how my work worked on Simone. And that was one interesting case we had. And after wow. we talk further, I want to tell you about another interesting case I had that really changed my life. Well, does, does, do you think the brain takes over and starts to repair that nerve? Is that? I, I think that the nerve remained as it is. Uh, at least that's what I thought in the past but that the brain was able to rework the pathways that existed and, re and, and re-educate itself on how to use them in the best uh, way for the eye. And for that reason, we had this amazing, amazing progress. To me, that reminds me of stroke victims, you know, when they have damage and the brain starts to um, re you know, re uh I don't know what word I should use. Reset uh, itself. You see, what happens yeah, with stroke... like a computer. Th this is one place where I would like to thank physical therapy because they really got that issue. What happens with strokes is that when you're an infant, 
uh, different parts of your brain compete for the same function. And <clears throat> some parts win and some parts lose. If you're lucky, that the parts that were damaged were not the parts that lost during infancy. And you simply start to repeat the same kind of motions that you didn't do before, then uh, you can gain them back. In physiotherapy, they gain 60%, 70% of the um, stroke uh, patients back. For example, there was one person who came to me with a walker, and he left without a walker, and he couldn't comb his hair before he came to me, and he cried when he told me that now he can comb his hair as a result of seeing me. He already went through physical therapy where he was in the wheelchair, and they could put him in the walker. So physiotherapy really understands this thing with strokes. The best case I ever had was somebody who um, uh, got a stroke because he was very upset about something, he got a stroke, and then um, they wanted to keep him in the hospital for six months, and his wife took him out of the hospital to a training course that I was teaching in Israel, and we worked with him on walking, and then I got him to chase the people in the class and try and pinch them. I don't think I would get away with it these days, not even in Israel with the laws that exist right now. <laughs> but uh, I got him to do that, and then he opened his hand, which was locked, which was very, very interesting. And there's an, uh, th- there is uh, another case that I have of stroke, which is stroke of vision, which is very interesting. A guy had double vision, and he saw me for... Um, uh, from the fourth day after getting his double vision, his hypothalamus was really compromised with the stroke and parts of his visual cortex. Well, we were able to restore it to a single vision within four months. But the first exercise that I gave him was to put a big piece of paper, stick it to his nose so his peripheral vision kicked in and there was no double vision in the periphery because normally there isn't. The two peripheries are separate. And by doing that, he had the first relief of double vision. Then his wife, uh, who was an artist, uh, did uh, basically design a hat for him that has green stripes. So he ran on his uh, jogging machine, and as he was running on his jogging machine, the green stripes were moving back and forth as he was looking at the black piece of paper, and the two eyes were working together. So it was one of the most wonderful exercises we did there. Now, is it easier, I mean, are the results faster if you're able to uh, work with a person uh, right after the stroke or right after the injury versus months or years later? Absolutely, absolutely. The results are way better when I work with a person right after the incident because the brain is still has more plasticity in it and haven't gotten used to the situation. While if the brain has a plasticity, you know, we're all creatures of habits, and we're victims of our own habits, and we're used to certain habits that do or don't work for us, and we think that our habits are the truth of our life, and sooner or later, you get used, even if you hate your situation, uh, to work with it. Now, returning to Simone's case, it was near enough after her accident and after the restoration, and with the incredible support of her husband, which... I will tell you, was a darling, and uh, and in spite of his conventional views and conventional training and conventional work, was so open to Simone's work and was so grateful for every small success we had 
to the point that they could convince the daughter. And Simone was so open to me. I'll just give you something that doesn't sound logical, but my Portuguese is pretty broken. Better today than that time, but still pretty broken. And her daughter spoke English, but her daughter's English was broken. She, uh, Simone could translate what I tell to her daughter by hearing my Portuguese. We understood each other so well as I was working with her. There was such a sense of intimacy around her condition. And there's nobody who could understand her condition better than me and be more connected to her than me in her situation. And that's what worked. In fact, I'm sitting right now in the same room where I was working on her with the steam machine. Uh, we used to uh, apply cold and hot towels. And we create this opening, but the biggest opening was Simone. You know, almost any time you go to a modern person, they'll give you a list of reasons of why they don't have time to work on themselves. Simone returned to food industry, to being a professor in school, and she's proud at the time that she spends working on her eyes every day without excusing herself at all of not working on her eyes. She finds the time having the busy schedule that she has, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Mayor, you actually said that you were surprised how this uh, particular case evolved. Why were you so surprised? Look, I was hoping to get her from 3% to 10% or 15% vision, which is my average, which normally is what happens. And if I would have gotten to that much percentage, I would have felt very satisfied, very happy. I mean, the case, the lady from not being able to see the big E from closer than one foot, now could see the, the second and third one uh, line when she stands in front of them. That would have been perfect for me. But to get from that place to the place which from 20 feet, she can see <clears throat> uh, three or four lines from the bottom, that is a surprise. That is an improvement. And without Simone having the spirit that she has, I would have never gotten there. It's not only me. It has to be me as a catalyst and the patient who works on himself that makes the difference. And that's why we are where we are. I really believe that in spite of all the, the conventional progress that exists and all the progress in physical therapy and all the wonderful machinery they have, we are in the mid-ages, we are in the diapers. We have not gotten where we should get. I think that the kind of progress that people can have, the daily progress they can have, comes with a commitment to have kinesthetic knowledge and the spirit uh, of strength that, gets us to move forward. That's the most important thing that we can get in the world. And I think that if we can get that, we can move ahead of where we were. And if we cannot get that, we're very stuck. Because look at what happens. There's huge progress in medicine. I'm in awe of how many things medicine can do. In fact, I brought my two children to uh, cataract surgeries, learning that that's what needed to be done in that time, so the brain will develop normally. Medicine learned that at the age of eight weeks, the brain wants you to see, and if you don't see, it erases the whole idea of seeing. I'm in awe for liver transplants and heart transplants and things of that nature, but I'm really not impressed with the exercise that they give us, and I'm really not impressed with, uh, with how medicine teaches us to handle our life, because look what happens what happens is that people degenerate. Psychology in the past was a part of philosophy. And in fact, I tell you something, I'm not a Christian at all. I'm Jewish and I don't, I'm not really 
uh, into uh, fundamentalism of any kind. But I do like the, the psychology of Christianity in terms of that you have a reason to open your eyes and to move forward. And I do like the psychology of Buddhism. And I think if you are a psychologist, don't just try to adjust a person to his life. See if you can move him ahead of his life. And that's one of the things that happens in my classes. It's not psychological classes. It's bodywork classes. But we have something to move forward to. We have something to open our eyes to. And people who are looking for something new in their life, that's where my classes really work for them. And the same thing has to be with medicine. We are body, mind, and spirit. And a mind divides into two, emotions as well as mental state. And we really need to have something to look forward to. Now, Simone only looks forward to one thing, recovering from her illness so she can return to dentistry and help thousands of kids not get cavities. That's a very good goal. And with such a goal, she found in herself the energy to work on herself. When I worked on myself, I was depressed in that my parents were deaf and I was blind and <clears throat> I was depending on Braille and kids resented the idea that they had to read for me, which teachers assigned them to do. Teachers resented the idea that I'm not submissive because I was supposed to be submissive, not to play um, with other kids in all kinds of unfinished buildings and fall from them and fall into holes and things of that nature. You could understand my teachers. They didn't want to take me to field trips if they were mountain climbing. And I insisted, including pounding on a table, to do everything that everybody else did. And eventually, when the eye exercises were presented to me, you can't fault me for working between 13 and 16 hours a day on them, while teachers would send me to the principal office again and again because I was looking from one bell of the, of the class to another bell doing the shifting exercise and looking at my fingers and uh, from one to the other to, start to, to learn to shift, to start to, to use my brain and my eyes, because only 1% of my lens can actually admit life through, so I had to, to use that. The biblical teacher was very pissed off at me when we went outside to the backyard, and I would uh, do the sunning exercise. Where I would close my eyes and move my head from side to side. It disturbed him. And I was lucky that the vice principal really stood up for me and said, He's doing eye exercises. After sending me a bunch of doctors to talk me out of them, he said, well, look, uh, he believes in them and they're working for him, so don't stop him from doing them. So that really worked for me. But it wasn't without a lot of drama with a bunch of teachers, with family members opposing what I'm doing. The moment that I started to see a saving rod, I just took it. And this is the kind of patients that I work with that make a big difference in their life. The other ones, who become comfortable with the life that they have, don't move forward. And this is what I want to say. That's what personal responsibility is. I'm not saying you're responsible for your illness, but you definitely can be responsive to it and move ahead of it. Now, I'm going to ask you a, a far-out question here because you're talking about Simone and you being able to understand each other even though you, can, you can't speak while you were working with her. Your Portuguese was not that good. Do you think that she was so open on a higher conscious level that she was getting, I mean, you guys were connected, but she was getting something more powerful even than that? I do believe that. But also in the lower consciousness, she was very attentive to me. 
she understood the errors I made in her language and what I meant to say rather than what I did say, you know. And uh, she was very attentive to me, and it was all out attentiveness. While her daughter understood English, even when I spoke with her English, she had to open the dictionary, stuff of that nature. And so uh, I learned a few words in Portuguese from Simone, I can tell you that, because I was very attentive to her, and I wouldn't move ahead if I didn't understand a word, the dictionary had to be open. I had to understand her because we really wanted, wanted very much to understand what each other is doing and saying. And consequently, she did all the exercises. She did them uh, on steroids, so to speak. Whatever I gave her, she did more. And she did it as hard as she could. And the improvement is to, is to live for. I can tell you, it's just an amazing improvement. Think about it. 3% of vision with a detection of incredible damage to the optic nerve, coming up to 97% of what she used to see in one eye. And now she's pissed off that she only sees uh, shadows and, and uh, shapes with the other eye, where the doctor said originally she can't even see light. So that's the kind of patient that I work with that I can tell you is the kind of patients I want to meet all the time. I'm sick and tired of those that ask me to feed to their reality. I like to create a new reality with everyone I work with. And that's true about my classes. I'm sitting here with a small but a very nice <clears throat> segment A class, and they are advanced people, and uh, I would want you to hear what from there in the future, which, which is an amazing thing. But, Paul, I want to go further than that. Actually, I want to go exactly to the place where you started by telling you about the other case. Um, I think I told you about it in private, uh, Paula, about the yes. case of Isabella. Isabel. She, Isabella, actually, not Isabella. Isabel was a kid who was diagnosed with degenerative muscular dystrophy. Now, there's 102 different kinds of uh, myopathic or, or muscular disease, and I think that uh, that degenerative muscular dystrophy is either the third or the fourth worst, worst one that exists. I would say that first there is Duchenne, then there is Becker's, then there is degenerative. And normally you expect them to be in the wheelchair by the age of 11 or 15, and normally you expect them to die between the ages of uh, 30 to 50. Some die at the age of 25. And normally more and more and more dependent and paralyzed. It's not a very pretty scene. So when I met, Isab I met Isabel's mother, who is a dentist, I met her in a class that I've given uh, in a park in Sao Paulo. And she asked me, can you work on muscular dystrophy? And my answer was yes. So she brought her daughter to me, with, uh, and uh, she brought her husband the second session. So we met for two sessions in Sao Paulo. And then they came for three doubles with me to San Francisco, and I took them once to the pool. I was surprised they came for so few, but that's all they could do for. Her husband is a very conservative doctor of internal medicine. He's not a muscle specialist, but he's a doctor of internal medicine. So you, could, uh, you could imagine he would resist my treatment, but he didn't. And, I mean, they were different than me. Like, they would take uh, flu shots before coming here. They were very conventional thinking. And Isabella, Isabel was tired even moving her shoulder in rotating motion. After the third time, she would be tired moving her shoulder. So I told her to tap on the shoulder, or we tapped on the shoulder. And then it took her six or seven times of being tired. I took her to the pool. And in the pool, I normally get them to move the legs up and down. And the third, fourth time she was tired. By then, she lost the ability to <clears throat> stand from sitting. Me or her dad had to take her and carry her to the table, uh, massage table, and work with her. 
And uh, I came to Brazil just recently, on, on uh, uh, January of uh, this year, and uh, I think I left either I think I left in on the beginning of February. Yeah. So on February, uh, I was in São Paulo after I had probably the most important class in my life in Brazil, where I trained 17 people with Beatrice, who is one of my the teachers of my work to teach my work. So now there's more of us teaching my work, which is great. But <clears throat> what happened is um, uh, her mother, uh, whose name is uh, 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 Marisa, wanted to see me. And I didn't understand why. So she, I mean, Sao Paulo's traffic is terrible. They have something like 20 million people there, you know, and they, or they, they're stuck in traffic. So she was trying to get to the clinic didn't succeed, and then she drove to my hotel, and uh, uh, the whole family was waiting for me. And I looked at Isabel. I want to tell you what happened. She sat, she stood, she walked as if nothing, nothing was ever wrong with her. They only continued my method for six more months with uh, with a, a practitioner by the name of um, of um, Paula. But what happened with uh, Isabel is that. She was able to uh, dance ballet, swim. She does conventional hydrotherapy, and she's completely, completely normal. So I asked the parents, what happened? They said, we had a change of mind about our own daughter. And wow. I'm starting to feel guilty about every thought of limitation I have about my son understanding his autism. Because I think that in many ways I limit him in spite of the fact that I'm trying to support him, you know, and um, I'm trying to support him as hard as I can in his own setting as much as I can, and I have some guilt to bear here in that sense because he's being well-defined, you know. But one of the things that's important for me is that we're talking about two conventional parents, a dentist and a doctor of internal medicine, and now they had a whole change of mind of their daughter about their daughter, and their daughter simply changed her behavior. Now, I need to really restudy again what Beatrice was saying in the classes. I was teaching the techniques of self-healing, and she was teaching the theory, and she herself had improved greatly from muscular dystrophy. But I need to really understand again what Beatrice was saying, because it was an amazing thing she was talking about. She was saying that with breathing and meditation, you can change your gene configuration of your body. And that is exact against any belief I ever had until now. But have I not heard it from Beatrice, I wouldn't believe it one bit. But I heard it from Beatrice, and I really respect Beatrice, uh, because on top of being a professor of occupational therapy, she's a real good practitioner of my work. Seeing Isabel really, really, really confusing me, because I'm starting to see that there must be truth to that viewpoint, that there could be a genetic change in one's body. And what it took is a different mindset of her parents. That was a very interesting thing. Well, see, this is what Taz and I like to get across to our listeners. There's always new possibilities. Don't limit yourself. So what you're saying is proof. Absolutely. There is, you know, we have 600 muscles in the body, and most people use only 60 out of them. 
Uh, my poor students, I'm teaching them every day what muscles they have that they haven't used until now. And I'm getting people at any age to walk backwards, run backwards, uh, learn about muscles in the back they never knew they had, learn about massage techniques that wakes up their muscles. There's a lot of things I'm doing with them. And truth of the matter is that the people I'm having here are very motivated. They really want to work on themselves. They really want to find a way. A person I really admire here a lot, her name is Betty. She's a, a nurse. And she came to me for my six-day eye class, uh, not for anything particular. She wanted to work on a presbyopia, which I think got better as a result of being in my classes. And uh, she came to me for body work session, and uh, she brought her son uh, for body work session because he fell down. He's a contractor and uh, broke his ankle and didn't have enough sensation there, so I worked with him there. Uh, and out of a need to move forward in life, she, she took my class. But the big thing is she fell down about a few weeks before taking my class and broke her clavicle. And she couldn't even sweep the floor, and she couldn't do any kind of other things. She still has challenges to deal with. But with few exceptions, we've seen her getting better and better with a broken clavicle. And she's not a seven-year-old, you know, and she's really doing well. And I would love it if you allow me to introduce her to you and have her talk for a minute with you on the phone. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. Very something, please. Yeah, and I, I really admire her. And the, the self-healing is not made for me. I'm really happy to tell you about my story. But it's made for every one of your audience. Have the motivation, and life will prove that with what you're going to do with yourself, you can move mountains. Here she is. Hello. Hello, Betty. You want to share with us your story? Uh, yes, yes. Um, the fact about that I fell and I broke my clavicle, I also broke um, a couple of ribs. And I was told that I would have to wear a brace and that I should have physiotherapy maybe um, six weeks at least after uh, my break when everything heals. And uh, with Mia, I have been doing a lot of physical therapy and I have improved immensely. And he's such a, a wonderful teacher. And it's not what he's telling you so much as how he is telling you things and he's so entertaining and I have a very short focus sometimes but I just found that I can keep my attention with him and he also tells some good jokes in between but he he keeps moving, he keeps changing the way he he, um, presents his information and uh, we're all very inspired, and I'm certainly so grateful. I know I would not be where I am now um, with the healing if it wasn't for him. So um, how are you now? I mean, how much better are you now than when you first fell? Oh, well, it's only um, about um, four and a half weeks since I fell, and I couldn't, like even just even a few days ago, I could not bend down and put on my socks, and today I had no trouble doing that. And uh, it's just with the different exercises and massaging and and the information that he gives you, you change your way you think about things, and I think that's really important too. It's uh, your belief system. That's a great deal. Well, 
it, it looks like what happens is basically you may air. You know what? It's like because you get results pretty quick. I mean, you know, you see little things and you go, wow, let me do this and let me do that. So it kind of really is exciting how he can stimulate this thought process of ours. And, and not only that, but then we, we get results. And even small results are, are wonderful because they kind of throw us forward. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, and, and wanting more. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's knowing, yes, I can yeah. do this. Yeah, and yeah. therefore, I should be able to do more. And that's yeah, really very important. empowering. Having, making goals and achieving them. Self-empowering. Yes, very. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. Thank you. I'll just give you back to Mia. Thank you. Hi. 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 Well, well, Mia, it sounds like that you evolve with each person in each group that you work with. It's, it sounds to me like new things keep coming to you. Absolutely. I think that my method did not was not born from books and theory. I may write books. And by the way, I have um, written a book that I've sent you already a copy of the manuscript, which we are working on a little bit. It's going to be published in Portuguese in Brazil right now. I'm going to do a book campaign in Brazil. And of course, I'll start a book campaign with your permission on your show when the book just gets out, which is called Vision for Life. But um, but when is it when is it book, coming to United States? It's going to be out in October, and uh, my publisher says October 15, most likely they'll try to put it in October 2nd. So as soon as I know that the book is in the printer, I would want to talk to you about it. But, yeah, we'll uh, have to start a big campaign for you. <laughs> thank you. So what? what uh, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that, um, yeah, I, I think that I also have some nice connection in New York and in in D.C. and I would like to have some more to regain my uh, my connection in the Bay Area here because I've been traveling so much. But one thing that I want to say is that my knowledge is not book knowledge; is knowledge of um, of experience, basically. And the experience caused my knowledge. I mean. Unfortunately, it's the pain of my life that caused me to do things that improved me, uh, the pain of uh, the life of my kids that um, uh, that got me to improve things for them, and uh, the pain of my patients. I mean, whenever I work with patients, um, and it seems to be that we're hitting a brick wall, that's when changes start to occur. And, you know, it was that way in the past in many, many ways. And these days, everybody is waiting for some researcher to come with ideas. And they're not really thinking on their own. And they're not challenging what they know and how they knew things. But, so that's, that's what's so important for me, that I definitely evolve. This is a very nice, I have a nice small class, and I'm definitely evolving with this class. And I definitely evolve with each person that I'm seeing, no question about it. Mira, do you find yourself working on you in order to help someone else? Uh, you know, like yeah, and this like, is this is exactly what what I teach my classes. In fact, in my training courses, segment A and B, the emphasis is working on ourselves. And as we work on ourselves, 
I'm showing again and again to my students and demonstrating that the massage that we do on other people yeah. is uh, more powerful because we learn how to work on ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, definitely, I, I need to break boundaries and to break borders within me to be able to to um, to work on me. And and definitely it, it, it helps me work on others. I'll give you an example. I can work on a person who has a hard time walking and inspire him to walk even though I never had a hard time walking. Uh, I'm a runner. I, I have good muscles. But because I worked a lot on my eyes and successfully improved them, it's easy for me to inspire him uh, to work on himself and, and with his setting. And I think that it doesn't matter what you improve in your life, as long as you work on yourself and you're confident that results can come, you can bring that to others. And um, my biggest message is that we can actually overcome the generation. And the generation is the curse of the 21st century. Do you know that I think that all the people in the world are taking too many medications, way too many of them. And and uh, in the United States, they're saying that something like 56% of all medita- medication taken in the world are taken in the United States with a population which is less than 6% of the whole world. And... Uh, if people would fix the problems with medication, we'd all be healthy by now. But truth of the matter is that by taking medications, you say that you don't believe in your body's powers to help itself. And uh, no matter how much uh, the Surgeon General will say, do diet, stop smoking, things of that nature, people don't pay attention to it. And they keep doing things that hurt the body and hope for some technology to save them from what they're doing to themselves. So this is the important thing. Okay, give up your alcohol, give up your smoking, decrease your sugar, do whatever you can do to, to feel better. At the same time, feel your body. Know about the 600 muscles that you have versus the 50 that you always use that lead to hardening of your connective tissue. Start and stretch every 20 minutes that you sit because otherwise your back becomes stiff. Start to walk on uneven surface because even surface really makes your joints more rigid. Start to learn how to be one with your body. And when you're one with your body, returning to you, Paula, you start to wake up forces within your body. You start to feel instead of, you know, me being the ear and you being Taz and being Paula, separate scheme, separate identity, separate body, is each one of us being a guest within our own body, feeling all the forces within our own body. It's the same forces that move uh, the oceans. It's the same forces that make the rivers flow, the same forces that get the rain to, to fall down and to drop. We are one with the force that we have within us. And as a result of the fact that we are one with the force that we have within us, we feel guests and guests within our body, and we connect to nature. And through connecting to nature, we connect to everything that exists, basically. So I really think that um, being kinesthetic and working within the body is the solution. It will get us to get rid of medications. You know that one of every four people in this country is athletic. One out of every four. And... 
if you just look at it, um, the anti-inflammation medications and the other arthritic medications lead to more death than all illegal drugs put together. So I really would like to suggest that we should have other choices besides drugs and surgeries for our lives. And this is self-healing. Now, have uh, as you're talking, <laughs> I know you're just getting through this book that's coming out in October, and it's a lot of work. But as you're talking, I see another book. <laughs> I mean, I hear another book coming from what you know, what your feelings are, and your and how you evolved with working with other people, and what you've learned. It sounds like a new possibility for a book. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's time for me to have my own press. I can get out any book that I want and not go through publishers, but that would be a good thing. But I would say this, that even within this book, when you look at the glaucoma chapter and you look at how we talk about praying, you know, one thing that I would like to see optometrists do when you come to measure your vision is massaging people's shoulders so they will relax as they measure them on the charts. One other thing is, you know, whenever my kids were measured for their pressure and field test, I used to come with them. I used to do them eye exercises, massage them before the test, and I really believe that's what made them pass the test better. I want to see the doctors who will tell people to pray or meditate uh, or do breathing relaxation before they test them. You're going to have very different results from those tests, and you're going to see in my book that I'm talking exactly about those forces that can really help you. Before you see your doctor, relax your eyes. Before you see your doctor, Breathe and relax your body. And if your doctor is very limited, try to be less limited than your doctor is. Well, anyway, I want to uh, pass this telephone uh, to uh, Margot, uh, who will tell you a little bit about her short experience with me so far. Hello. Hi, Margot. Uh, you're in Mir's class, right? I am in class. I actually uh, just found out about the School for Self-Healing a few weeks ago, and on an impulse, I signed up for the class. And I've just been delighted to be here. He has an enthusiasm and energy that is just uh, so refreshing. And uh, I've just learned so much. The major things I've learned is the importance of movement and that life is movement and I think of movement in a whole other way. He now is getting us to use muscles, as he said before, that we've never used before. And what that actually does is it better supports the muscles that we do use that get very, very tight because they're overworked. So those muscles are starting to relax as the muscles we never used begin to get filled up. And he also has, does a lot with just change, just changing environment. I used to sit at the computer a long time. Now, when I go back from this class, I intend to just take take breaks because the body is gets stimulated with change. After 5, 10, 15 minutes, the body begins to stagnate. And by changing uh, in, uh, either temperature or going outside, looking at the sun, changing from light to dark, it just simply stimulates the body and um, invigorates it. And the other thing is just um, he's in, within that, the change, 
you know, sometimes we're jumping on a trampoline. Sometimes we're walking backwards. Like we walked backwards for an hour and a half on the beach with our dominant eye covered and tossing a tennis ball back and forth. That certainly was changed for me. I've never done anything like that before. <laughs> and it's just been fun, and I mostly just have been impressed. Oh, in addition, we learned a lot about anatomy and physiology, and his, his lectures are just fascinating. But mostly I just um, feel like everything he says makes sense. It just makes so much sense to me. So I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited about the program. I'm excited about the work that he does. And I guess that about sums it up. Well, thank well, you. You know what? It's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's thank you. But uh, you know what? I, I think everyone needs to hear this. How many people sit at computers, right, <laughs> through the day? And we need to remember to get up and move. And even exercise the muscles in our eyes. Yeah. My gosh. Wow. So anyway, I highly recommend his work, and I highly recommend the program to anybody that wants to have a whole new experience. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Well, we need to ask Nair here. I I think there's a upcoming class in um, Santa Cruz, isn't there, Nair? Yes, yes, the upcoming class in Santa Cruz. I'm going to do. Um, uh, two days in, in uh, Santa Cruz, um, myself and then John, my uh, student and graduate, is going to teach a couple of classes in Aptos. And the class is going to be on the 11th. I'm going to teach. Um, uh, I'm going to teach um, a class uh, on. Um, uh, I'm going to teach a class on um, uh, the. Uh, uh, I'm going to teach my own class on uh, the the. Uh, uh, on on self healing, and I'm going to do self healing through movement. Uh, uh, on can you give me John's number? I'm going to give, do self healing through movement on um, uh, Saturday, and it's going to be on how to improve your vision and how to improve your back, basically. And everybody can call John and uh, and give her and ask her for details. Um, the number I have is eight three one three. Okay, the number that I have is uh, 831-359-1183. 831-359-1183. And we're going to talk so, to Jan, is that right? Yeah, talk to Jan, and she will organize the both the day workshop that I'm going to teach, the lecture that I'm going to teach, and the two continuing classes that she's going to teach. And it's going to be on how to improve your vision and how to improve your body. On May 5th, I'm teaching in other avenues a two-hour introduction. And I'm happy to tell you that the people here in the class are continuing with me as of Monday to work with me. So um, one thing that I wanted to do, I wanted you to talk to my wonderful student, Linda, who just came from Mexico, uh, to work with me and study with me, if it's okay with you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hello? Hello, Linda. Hi. Hi, how are you? Fine, welcome well, here from I, Mexico. I, I came all the way from Cuernavaca, Mexico. I met Mayor in Mexico. He came to give a workshop in uh, last November. 
And the reason I signed up for his workshop was that I have a cataract on my right eye, which is about four years old, and I was sure I could just meet Mayor and the cataract would go away. So I signed up to come um, on his six-day vision workshop, which we had in February, and uh, I'll report next year what has happened because I'm very stubborn and do not want to have cataract surgery, and it's a four-year-old cataract. So I'm doing a lot of exercises, and it's improving just a little bit, but it's improving steadily. And a few days before the class, I injured my knee, and I told Mayor I was not going to come because I couldn't even walk. So he said, more of a reason to come. So I came, and three days later, I was jumping in the trampoline. So it's been a great, great experience, and I'm very happy to be here. Well, aren't you glad you came anyway? I'm glad I came. Absolutely. It's been great. Well, yeah, when you get results, you know, it it definitely allows you to see that the work that you're doing is just, you know, propelling you in that direction that for success. It's really wonderful. Uh, thank you. We appreciate you sharing this with us. Our, our listeners are too, I'm sure. You know, people just never guess that this, this is really a new possibility for them. I mean, it... I'm going to ask Mir what causes cataracts. Ah, thank you so much for talking with us. That's uh, really interesting. What causes cataracts? Um, what causes cataracts, in my opinion, is the fact that we look for Mir so much. That's the number one opinion. Um, you know, I was born with it, so it must have been genetic to some extent, and maybe have been biochemicals. My ex-wife thinks that because my father developed pictures in the house and there were a lot of harmful chemicals in it and um, the pictures he developed um, uh, caused a lot of chemicals to come to me and they're saying that I nearly died as an infant that that's what caused my dense cataracts however my two kids were born with cataracts as well so I was the anomaly and they came out of it which which was interesting um, but I think that most people's cataracts are being caused by the fact that we don't have a balance of looking near and far. In the past, people used to hunt, look at a distance, and the lens would be flat. And in the present, people's uh, lens is too round. The ciliary muscles really contract around the lens, and the lens becomes awfully stiff. And just like lack of movement first leads to stiffness and then to arthritis, cataracts, uh, are a result of stiff lens. If when you're 40, you start to wear glasses and you don't uh, work on your eyes, the lens remains stiff. You see well, but then the lens starts to change its composure. Instead of being, uh, instead of the proteins being separate from each other, they start to crowd, and that's what leads to the cataract. So I think looking at a distance, eight minutes, three times a day, waving the hands to the side, as crazy as it sounds, to use the periphery can prevent cataract from happening. And twice a day, I take my class to the beach, and we look at a distance. But, you know, I wanted uh, Linda actually to talk to you about something else. She was giving my book to a lawyer, and I want you to hear what happened between her and that lawyer. There was an interesting conversation. Okay. Hello? Yes. Yeah, uh, well, one of the top lawyers in Mexico, he uses these very funny eyeglasses, and 
He's a friend of mine, so I decided to give him Mayer's books as a gift. And when I saw him the following time, I said, how are you doing with the books? And he said, well, you know, you only really read a book if it's interesting, but his book is really fascinating, and I'm doing all the exercises. And even though I have a private gym in my house, I, I don't use my gym anymore. I'm doing Mayer's exercises from the book, and my back pain has diminished considerably. So even though I gave him the book for his eyes, he has managed to improve his body quite a bit. Well, you're passing on <laughs> really great things. That's um, I'm glad that you've done that. So if other people do, you know, share Mayer's work, it's going to start to... Uh, mushroom and we're going to have it all over so thank you for sharing his work you are, you are quite welcome and it's great to be on the radio well uh, and i'm glad and you're I wanted better to, i wanted to share you with one person that i love who's very shy but i want to tell you he's one of my most favorite uh, people and his name is ron and he came here all the way from iowa and uh, i want him i want ron to tell you a little bit about his experience as a chiropractor, as a massage therapist, and now as a self-healing student. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my name is Ron. I'm, I'm from Davenport, Iowa. And I met Mayer five years ago when he came to talk to the Iowa uh, Massage Association. And uh, he advertised about um, one of the things was about how to improve your eyesight. And that kind of hooked me, and uh, I've been with him ever since. I've been out here four times, uh, about a 10, 10 day to two week at a time. Um, I used to practice chiropractic, um, then I became a massage therapist, and now I, I feel I can help people, uh, well myself and uh, people the, the most through um, his work. So, how long have you been doing this? Um, I, I first for five years. And it's really funny because usually you're, you've gone in reverse. Uh, usually, massage therapists become chiropractors, and you've gone in yeah, reverse. Yeah, I like to do so things you... differently. Yes. <laughs> so you must really believe in this work to do that. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of experiences, a lot of different training, and uh, I mean, chiropractic is wonderful. Um, but I really enjoy this work because not only. You don't do something for somebody, but you can teach somebody to do it for themselves. And I really think that's really a good, good concept. Do you have any good stories of, of of one of the people you've worked on that just really started working on themselves and had great success? Well, I've I've kind of um, slowly developed into it. I can tell you that it it has affected my massage practice uh, very much, and uh, people have noticed the difference in in what I do. And I'm looking forward to even incorporating it more. Um, but you know, massage uh, massage therapist life is is not too well. I mean, usually I think it's around 10 years or something like that. But Mayer has been doing this for 40 years, so I'm um, I'm looking forward to doing this work well into my 70s. Well, side by side, there, I think you have uh, the ability to do that. <laughs> so, do you when you work when you're working on people, do you give them um, Different exercises and methods where that they can take home and work on themselves. Um, yes, I've I've started to incorporate that, and uh, people love that. Um, 
Um, but once again, like Mayer says, you, you, um, a person has to be motivated enough to to follow through. You know, at, at home, it's not like the medical. Pro- I mean, you know, when you pop a pill, I mean, it's very easy to pop a pill, but this is more of a lifestyle change. You know. Right. Right. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Nice to talk to you. Hi. Hi. So I'm happy that I'm I'm happy that I'm talking and that my four students here were talking to you. You know, I teach. I expect to see um, something like 40 students when I go to Brazil right now to teach a new class, and I'm happy to teach if it's one or if it's a hundred or a thousand. It makes no difference as long as people want to come and learn. Then I teach them. And what I teach Mayor, is how powerful the body is. Yeah. Mir, let me let me take out a couple minutes here. Um, we we only have about a minute left. And I just need to let people know if they uh, want to call you directly and, um, and sign up for classes, they can at 415-665-9574. I think I need my glasses, Mir. <laughs> <laughs> you said it right, six six five nine five seven four. Be sure of yourself, yeah. huh? And if they well, want to call five. John, they can call eight three one three five nine one one eight three, right? Right. Uh, yes, and, and that's in in, in my, uh, excuse me in um, Santa okay. Cruz. Oh, and, and the new class coming, and that's going to be uh, this weekend. Is that right? The class in Santa Cruz is going to be the the eleventh uh, and twelfth of May. Okay. Oh, the sa- the, okay. Yeah, and the class, so people can really prepare for it. I mean, welcome to the Friday night for a couple hours, and please come for the day of self-healing through movement and vision improvement. Come to reduce your dependency on your glasses, improve the movement of your joints, and know yourself better. And then you can come for a demonstration on May 5th in other avenues near San Francisco. But please call us at 415 Six six five nine five seven four. Do you want to give out your uh, website? Give out your website so people. Office manager at office manager at self hyphen healing dot org. Or his website website is yeah the website is self dash healing dot org. So again, you can really look at what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, self dash healing dot org. Thank you, Mayor, for being with us. We just love it. Wasn't it a nice show? Yes, it was. Oh, it was yeah. great. Thanks. It was nice to to bring to bring my students in, wasn't it? Yes. Well, thank, thank you. you very much, Paula, and you're, thank you very you're much, welcome. Bye bye. So, have a great session for the rest of the day with your class. Thank you very much, Paula, and thank them for sharing. Thank you. Uh huh. Bye bye.